Rusty Quill presents. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Raphael's face brightened when he saw me come out of the guest room and into the dining room. Eliza, good to see you made it through the night, he said and winked. Come, sit down. I just finished up preparing breakfast. I fear that I have overprepared yet again. He was right to fear this. There was more food than an army could eat, let alone the two of us. Lucy, the largest cat in the world, was feasting on wet cat food from her bowl in the kitchen, visible from the dining room. I swept some biscuits off of a chair and sat down at the dining room table in Raphael Muslani's house. 
The abundance of breakfast in the Muslani household no longer surprised me. It was an acknowledgement of my presence, a signifier of a welcoming spirit. Rafael Muslani wanted me to know that I was welcome in his home, no matter where that home was. I couldn't complain. I would show up to his house with no energy, barely enough energy to make it to sleep. Rafael Muslani's houses were points of replenishment. I helped myself to a fried egg while Rafael Muslani ate a waffle. We ate in silence for a moment. This is a nice house you have, I said, almost reflexively breaking the silence. Thank you. I've been thinking about the middle of the 20th century lately, he said. Or, maybe more accurately, I've been thinking about how we look back on the middle of the 20th century from our current vantage point. It feels as though there's this newfound interest in that time period, especially what we would consider to be the aesthetic of the 50s, which isn't truly confined to that decade, but instead describes the push to suburbia in post-World War II America, and the feeling of stability that came from becoming a wealthy world superpower. Our vision is clouded by the aesthetic escaping that time period more clearly than the reality, but also because American culture has already had this fascination with the 50s once before, in the 1980s. So we're now viewing the 50s through the lens of the 80s, and we're viewing the 1980s through the lens of the modern day. It seems like a hollow understanding of history, I said. Pleasant, but hollow. Obviously. Raphael took a sip of his coffee. There are a few other options when remembering a past that we were not alive for. One could take a historical approach, read the historical literature, fully delve into what it meant to be alive in the 1950s through first-hand accounts. The result is a much more grim picture of what life used to be like. The modern day is vexing enough for most people, much less digging up the dark past that it's built on top of. Instead, we take what is useful to us, and if that isn't the philosophical or political, what's left is the aesthetic. And then, once we have extricated the aesthetic from its surroundings, we can say, oh wow, it really must have been nice to have lived back then. Of course, it would seem nice if you only looked at the most romanticized aesthetics from the time and neglect everything else. Rafael Muslani smirked. Is this how you got so interested in salesmen? I asked. Because of how they fit into that aesthetic? Absolutely. I would be far from the first person to try to tease out the tension between the cultural idea of salesmen, one who builds a career and identity out of, quote, selling, the content of what is being, quote, sold, not being included in that identifier, and the American dream as such, an all-consuming, well, consumption, that promotes stability and legacy. It's powerful, and they were writing about this tension even back then, even back in the era that we're talking about. Death of a Salesman came out in 1949. It resonated back then. There are these apocryphal stories that after its debut, the theater was too stunned to applaud. There were grown men, men Willie Loman's age, who had to be tenderly escorted out of the theater because they could not stop weeping. I say apocryphal because it's a little too beautiful of an idea to be something that really happened. Ironically, the aesthetic of how Death of a Salesman made people feel has replaced what actually happened on that night. Would you like some more French toast? I think if I had more French toast, I might burst, I said. I thought about working my way into the conversation, but from the look on Raphael's face, I could tell that he wasn't done talking about the 1950s. His eyes shone in anticipation of what he would say next. I'm famous, you know. He laughed again. I'm famous novelist Raphael Muslani. There are films adapted from my books. I have a name that has a staying power of at least a century at this point, if not more thanks to the infinite possibilities of media communication now and into the future. That is not to brag. I can't imagine anyone who would be less impressed by this fact than Eliza Schultz. I mention it only because it means that I will leave a legacy. Legacy is crucial to the American dream. It is a false hope that we will all live after death. If we are remembered, can we ever truly die? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. 
no one is around to appreciate their legacy. It is impossible for the dead to derive any joy from being remembered. The only things that can come from wanting to leave a legacy is a lifetime of frustration and anxiety from trying to make it a reality, grief if you find yourself unable to do so, and no feelings whatsoever after you die. And a salesman is never going to leave a legacy. A faceless man trying to get you to buy a vacuum cleaner. You forgot his name by the time he's out the door. The only people at Willie Loman's funeral were his family, his neighbor, and his neighbor's son. Legacy is a tainted cure for existential dread. Poison. Do not drink. It is a perversion of the mechanisms that are supposed to make us stable and happy, namely the ability to provide and be provided for. Notice that I mention, quote, providing and, quote, provided, and say nothing about selling. I wrote a story about a salesman, I finally said, wedging myself into the conversation. Last night, I mean. Right isn't the correct word. I had a dream that I wrote a short story for your collection. It was about a salesman who wanders into the wrong house. It was set in 1954. Oh, really? Raphael said. I can relate. I wrote five such stories last night while you were having that dream. What happened in yours? He looked at me with genuine curiosity, as if we were comparing notes. It was Baba Yaga all along, I said. <laughs> well, that certainly is a twist, he said, with the house and everything. I nodded. So what does the salesman in was actually the signified form of the aesthetic signifier. The mental conception of the suburban American dream, the physical form being this homestead, was dangerously, even fatally, incorrect, he said, and took another sip of his coffee. I wasn't thinking about that, I admitted. No, of course you weren't thinking about that. You weren't thinking about anything at all. You were dreaming, he reminded me. That is just as well. I feel that themes do best when they are born from the assumptions that authors make as a result of their culture, the things they take for granted, the things that they say without knowing that they are saying them. If you were to sit down with a list of themes and try to write them into a story using symbolism and metaphor, you would be doing your readers a disservice. If you have something important that you want to say, why not say it? By couching it in symbolic terms, you are creating an allegory. You are becoming a teacher instead of an artist, and in that case, why not teach instead? That's true, I said. So you finished Salesman and True Believers last night? I asked. I did, he said. Right now, it feels like some of my best work, but that might be because it is so recent. It was fun. I don't often write short stories, and it's even rarer that they're put together into a format to be published, so it was a pleasant diversion from the usual. People always prefer novels, but it was satisfying to write short stories for once. With short stories, it's alright to have a good idea that can't be expanded into 350 pages. The story can last as long as it needs to last and then end. No need for snippy side characters, I teased him. You're joking, but you're absolutely correct. Longer stories fit for mass audiences need levity, even if you're writing a sci-fi thriller. Snippy side characters are one way to generate that levity, and it's a method that does well with audiences that read Raphael Muslani novels. If a short story ends on a bummer, that's fine. It was only a few minutes reading, and up next is a whole new story with a whole new set of emotions to invest the reader in. Better luck next time. Likewise, you can write a whole short story that's just funny and little else. You can't do that with a novel. It gets tiresome. Even novels most interested in being funny have to introduce some sort of conflict and nuance in order to structure a story of that length. A short story can simply be funny. In fact, the existence of the short story can be the joke. That isn't true of a novel. If I'm reading 350 pages, I do not want the existence of those pages to be the joke. I've invested too much time for that. So what are your stories about this time? I asked. Well, in one of them, an insurance salesman accidentally wanders into Baba Yaga's hut, he said and winked. Kidding. You'll learn what the stories are about soon enough. 
I'm giving you a copy to read over as a parting gift, of course, he said. Is our arrangement the same as it has been? Will you be leaving today? If you don't mind, I said. I don't mind at all, he replied. The sooner you get to experience these stories, the happier I am. I'm looking forward to reading them, I said. Oh God, I am Larry was one of my favorites, so I'm looking forward to the other stories. You said that there are five of them? He nodded. Interesting. In my dream, there were six stories in the collection as well. I realized at this point that I hadn't mentioned that I was Raphael Muslani in the dream. I continued to refrain from telling him. It felt wrong at that point in the conversation to introduce that I had become him in a dream. It felt like it was a violation of his agency, even though I knew that it wasn't. It would be fine to tell him or not tell him, so I didn't tell him. Great minds and all that, he said. Do you know where you'll be going next? I've never known that, I said. I don't think that's something that I get to know. Would you like to take Lucy with you this time? He asked. I stared at him for a moment, confused. Take her with me, I repeated. She would still be on the world's longest leash, obviously. It's not like she would be fully separated from me, but she could accompany you wherever you're going. It might be nice to have the company while you walk. She could protect you if you get into trouble, though I expect you have no intention of getting into trouble. Who knows, maybe she'll lead you somewhere that you didn't expect to go. I had a feeling that Raphael Muslani knew that Lucy would lead me somewhere that I didn't expect to go. I didn't sense an ulterior motive, though I did sense a normal, human, neutral motive. He wanted me to take Lucy with me. He wanted me to experience whatever it was that I would experience if Lucy accompanied me. I did not mind this. He was right that it would be nice to have company on my walk. That does sound like a good idea, I said after some time pondering while eating a pancake. I will take her with me, if she'll go with me. Thank you for the offer. Lucy, Raphael called out to his cat, who was still in the kitchen. She came into the dining room and immediately began to purr and rub against my legs. Want to go for a walk with Eliza? Lucy responded with even more affection, not at the words which she didn't understand, but rather at the doting tone in which Raphael spoke to her. It's settled then. You'll leave after breakfast as per usual? I nodded. Fantastic. I'll get the short story collection ready for you so that you'll have it on your journey. I'm excited for you, Eliza. This is my best work yet. Without having read it, I could tell that it was his best work yet, too. Mm -hmm.